The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business on News Talk. Now, the Federation of Early Childhood Providers has said that a significant number of providers are going to close their doors and go on a three day strike later this month, strike, protest, whatever term you want to use to call it, but they won't be in work. Um, A representative body for uh, provisors has said that a rising number of childcare provision, um, sorry, rising number of childcare providers are closing their door and it could lead to the state being unable to cater for the number of children requiring the service that they provide. To discuss this, I'm joined now by the Minister for Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth of Ireland, Roderick O'Gorman. Minister, good morning. Good morning, Anton. To look at what the Federation of Early Childhood Providers are saying, the press release is lengthy and detailed. So to summarise, they're saying this isn't enough. It doesn't reflect the geographical realities of their differing cost base and it is administratively too complex. And hence, on the 27th and 28th, they're asking people that they represent and work for to close the doors and the 26th. Thanks. uh, Thanks, Anton. So um, what I'd say, first of all, is I don't believe that these uh, these closures are warranted. Um, since I've come to office, I've significantly increased the amount of investment in childcare in our country. We all recognise that for decades, Ireland didn't invest in childcare. We're hugely underinvested compared to the rest of Europe. And I've been working really hard to catch us up. And so they when, say not enough. So when I started, uh, the annual investment in childcare was 638 million. This year, it's over a billion. So in three years, we've increased it by 400 million euro. In any sector of the of, of state spending, that's a huge increase in a short period of time. It's not still enough and we want to grow it more. I'll be fighting in this year's estimates process, which is going on right now, to grow that further. But with that extra money, what I've been able to do is I've been able to cut costs for parents because we all know childcare fees in Ireland are too expensive. We were able to cut them by an average 25% from the start of this year. I've been able to uh, secure a pay increase for the childcare professionals, the the women and men and primarily women who work in that sector. So last September, 73% of them saw a pay increase, many of them for the first time. And I've been able to provide extra money for services themselves, 287 million euro this year in core All of which may be true and may be laudable, but it doesn't answer much of the queries that the um, childcare representative body, the Federation of Early Childcare Providers are, are raising. They say core funding has not led to an increase of financial reward for providers. They say funding remains similar for many settings and in fact less for others. That's incorrect. Uh, when you put 287 million euro extra into a sector, you can't say that that's not going to make an, a, a, a difference for services. Like I go out, I meet services and they recognise that core funding has made a difference. In the first year of core funding, one of the issues that were raised by groups were particularly for smaller services, those sessional services, ECCE only services, that they felt they weren't benefiting from core funding because they were small. So in this year's allocation, the second year, we've created a specific fund for them, a specific payment for them to recognise that small services do have particular, I suppose, challenges. So we listen to the sector and we amend and we change the structure of the funding uh, on, on, on foot of that. Well, let me and ask as we, you then, if that is the case, we should see measurable impact of that occurring. And one of the things that the childcare providers cite regularly is that Tusla 
evidence of the diminution of um, providers over the last number of years, from I think about 4,800 down to about the 4,000 number. Are you expecting that therefore to reverse? Well, what we're seeing is the capacity of the sector is increasing and we're seeing the number of closures per year decreasing. You referenced the, the statement there and you said we're seeing a, 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 an increase in closures. We're not. This year is the lowest number of closures to date in the last five years. And that's the Tusla figures that are coming in. Any, any no, service... No, but sorry, we are still seeing a continuation of closures. We are seeing less in the way of available places than the previous years. No, we're not seeing less places. We're seeing more places available. Capacity across the sector is increasing. Um, what the uh, capacity is increasing and the number of closures in the sector this year is uh, at this stage at the at the end of uh, at the end of August is less than it was so last year. So let me year. just put to you then the the statement from the Federation of Early Childhood Providers. They say, and I quote. While inflation and costs are rising, many services are forced to close their doors as shown through the official TUSLA 2022 figures. The 23 figures are much more startling, yet they have not been officially released. Are you saying that's a lie? What I'm saying is to to date, the figures for 2023 show fewer closures than uh, in 2022 and in earlier years. So why then do you think, is it is it a communications problem that they have failed to recognise all the good that you are doing? Well, I, it's also important to say that we're dealing with one particular organisation here. There are a number of organisations across uh, across childcare. I look to engage with all the organisations. We've structured the the um, the uh, early years forum where I meet with all groups together. Uh, Do you together. think they're out of step with the rest of the sector? Well, I suppose that, that's a that's a question for 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 other groups in the sector to answer. Um, I absolutely recognise that we need to get more funding into childcare. I'm working really hard to deliver that. I have delivered it over the last two years, the last three years. I'm working to deliver it further in this year's budget. I want to deliver for providers, people who are represented by the Federation and by other groups, for the staff in childcare. And, you know, if you talk to the trade unions, they'll recognise that the employment regulation order that I was able to secure last year or, or support the securing of last year has made a difference to childcare uh, staff and, of course, for parents as well. So they're paying less for, for childcare. I'm conscious it is a relatively busy week for you given the breadth of the brief because childcare is one of the issues. The other of course is that of integration and during the week we discovered that at the end of Electric Picnic the I think the term is the glamping tents that were mm-hmm. available for Electric mm-hmm. Picnic are now going to pivot into being accommodation for refugees. I assume what you are going to say is it's not ideal but it's all we have at the moment but we've heard that a lot. Uh, we have, but we're still in the middle of a crisis. We're, we're still dealing with the biggest movement of people across the European continent since the Second World War. Uh, and that requires us, in order to meet our, our humanitarian requirements, it requires us to use all available accommodation. And that includes tents this year. After we included tents last year as well, we used Gormanstown for a short period of time. But in the context of Ukrainian refugees, the state is accommodating 70,000 Ukrainian refugees right now here in Ireland. Uh, right now, about 200 of them are in tented accommodation. That could raise, if we if we use the full capacity in Stradbally, that could raise to about 750, but it's 750 in the context of 70,000. Likewise, in international protection, we're accommodating 23,000 people and of those about 200 are in tented accommodation. So I absolutely recognise tented accommodation is not optimal but in a context where we need to accommodate people we need to be able to avail of, 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 all, of, of all options open to us. It is awful for those people though. I mean even the phrase tented accommodation in some ways 
makes slightly less clear the reality. We're talking tents. We are putting a thousand people in tents. We're Men, putting children. up to uh, 750 people in, in Strad Valley, potentially in tents. Strad Valley will be used for about six weeks. Um, certainly uh, uh, the, the feedback officials in my department have received is that the first group of about 100 people who are there are, are happy with the situation, are, are happy their meals are provided. They're happy that the, the degree of, uh, I suppose, the, the family families are able to, you know, take a tent together. So so within the family, they've uh, they have a degree of privacy. Um, and by and large, you know, when you speak to Ukrainians uh, across the country, they recognise the huge efforts that Ireland has made, the Irish government, but particularly Irish communities have made in terms of welcoming and in terms of supporting them. But, you know, we are under pressure right now. Um, uh, over the summer, we saw significant increases in the number of people arriving here. Um, and that is putting us under pressure. Uh, I've communicated that in my department, I've communicated that to the Ukrainian ambassador in terms of where Ukrainians fleeing the country have an option or where they're safe right now. We're recommending that if they come to Ireland, there isn't that guarantee of accommodation. Um, and uh, and we're communicating that very what clearly. What's the reaction from the ambassador? Because effectively, that's, there's no room at the inn. The ambassador... Uh, you know the ambassador has been deeply immersed in all of this uh, over the last uh, over the last eighteen months. So she knows what's happening in Ireland. She absolutely understands, and I think she'd be first to recognise uh, what what the Irish people have done in terms of their welcome for Ukrainians. Uh, can I ask, Minister, the the blockage that you find is it that you look at the situation and say this is an acute problem, therefore we can't build permanent housing because in two years we may not need it, or is it that the housing crisis makes it impossible to find? real normal accommodation or is it that there isn't the money there because you can't be happy looking saying I have this many refugees living in tents well we are meeting the needs of a humanitarian crisis while uh, uh, also as a government dealing with an existing housing crisis in our, in our country. And we were always clear that we didn't want our response to the needs of Ukrainians interfering with the work in terms of housing for all and the work in terms of, of, of looking to, to, to end homelessness in, 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 in our country. In other words, people on housing lists not getting pushed back by refugee provision. We never wanted that to happen. That isn't happening and we've been very clear about that. But just again, it, it, it's really important just to put the, t- the use of tented accommodation into context. It is up to perhaps 750 in Stradbally out of 70,000. It is a very, very small percentage. Uh, but when your system is under pressure, you have to use all options. And finally and briefly, Minister, do you believe that you will have those people out of, because you refer to families, which means we are talking, I assume, children and small children in some instances. Do you, do you believe that you will have them out of those tents by winter? We have the use of Stradbally for the next six weeks uh, and after six weeks people will have been moved out onto uh, to alternative accommodation. Minister, thank you very much. That is the Minister for Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth of Ireland, Roderick O'Gorman. The Anton Savage Show with Nifty Business Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.